All right, we're back for episode three of The Rehashables. We're a week late, but it's okay. Life's been crazy. Matt, I'm fired up to be doing it. Fine. I can't believe it's already been three. It's nuts. And I'm kind of looking at it. It's interesting because I think I just got a, this was checking X slash Twitter a little while ago. And I, I think the writers finally signed to finish the strike because I felt like we was kind of feeling it. There hasn't been a lot of new stuff out. Oh. We've been making or producing stuff for the last six, you know, six months or so. So I kind of felt it this month. I'm interested to see how that plays itself out over the next couple of years. Just things being pushed back and you know stuff like Stranger Things. The kids will all be in their 40s by the time. <laughs> yeah, I know, the right? Final season of that comes out. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's very. They all will have like definitely like a lot of facial hair. A lot of things are changing <laughs> for for that season. But yeah, so anyway, a lot of my stuff this month isn't even like really that new, you know, which is fine because it's still so much stuff to catch up on. So. Well, we'll rehash it. We'll have some fun talking about it. I'll probably learn about some new movies to add to my list. I got some good stuff. I watched some fun stuff over the past month, and I'm looking forward to a lot of things, which we'll get to. So why don't we just let's, – what's the first thing you want to rehash? Why don't you start this month? So the first thing that I watched was only one season. I've been telling you about it. I've not a chance to get to the second season, but it was uh, Winning Time on HBO. The show literally just got canceled, too, which is so – frustrating um because you were telling me about it yeah you know so the story's about the, the rise of the lakers dynasty it takes place right as as at magic johnson's rookie year where he gets drafted by the lakers it's just such a fun show and i guess from mm. what i i heard and read season two kind of deviated a little mm-hmm. bit but season one just a story of itself was so good and we're obviously celtics fans uh, and stuff so but still, you can't like help but love the Lakers story and Magic Johnson's such a likable guy and Korean Abdul Jabbar and all that kind of stuff. So I, I went through season one and I enjoyed every single episode of that. I'm obviously a bigger Celtics fan than you boycotting yeah. it. So you just kind of gave in. <laughs> yeah. Well, That's cool. so, so here's the, the funny thing is like, obviously Magic Johnson's biggest rivalry. You can't, you can't separate the two. Um, how they depict Larry Bird in this show is just wild like absolutely so they do wild. show larry bird in the first season yeah, he's, he's in about uh three or four episodes yes yeah. so, he just he i don't that guy i'm pretty sure he don't to portray him storm the capital on january 6th then he he definitely had a, a vibe uh to him which i guess wasn't anything like larry bird but still it's the show it's by adam adam mckay mm-hmm. The show is so, it's so over the top. John C. Riley yeah. is kind of the star of the whole show. He, he plays Dr. Jerry Buss, a very outgoing owner who bought the Lakers, this big playboy kind of extravagant character. And it's just a fun show. You know, literally mm-hmm. the 80s in LA looked like a fun, fun time. I enjoyed every second of it. So, so you hadn't mentioned it to me a handful of times talking mm-hmm. over the past month. And I was ready for it to be the next thing mm-hmm. that I watched. Mm-hmm. And then they canceled season two. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I kind of pumped the brakes on it. Because I, I don't know that I'm going to get the resolution that I want from watching. I mean, it's just over. Like, it's done and there's no, like, ending to it. I don't know if whatever ending they have served as a good ending for the series, but... Um, I've, heard, I've heard it didn't. I don't know if I'm going to go ahead and watch season two. And I don't think you have to go and watch, like, season one and watch, you know, you have to watch season two. I think watching season one by itself is fine. Again, it's not spoiling anything. It, you know 
what if you remember any historian of basketball, you know what happens. You kind of know mm-hmm. about the Lakers dynasty. You know about the rivalry with the Celtics. You know about Magic Johnson coming down with HIV and all that kind of stuff. So, just that one episode is just on one season is really good, good. And worth watching, especially if you love love the eighties basketball. Stuff. Yeah. I know you you do. I'm curious if Ben's watched it, but it's it's a great show. I think he did. I, I think he actually liked it. I'll probably give it a shot at some point. It's definitely on the list. It just moved down a little bit when they canceled it. I think it was getting some bad press. By all accounts, the person they got to play Magic Johnson was like the perfect guy to play Magic Johnson. Insane. Which is tough. Him and the guy that plays Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as well. Mm-hmm. Both both basketball players. They just, like I said, did not, not hit on Larry Bird. Maybe that was intentional. <laughs> The guy just, just drinking like Bud Lights and, you know, four lots of inappropriate. If I was a Lakers that. fan, I'd probably use the casting of Larry Bird as an <laughs> opportunity to throw a little dig in there, you know? So, it was, yeah. You get it. And it was a lot, it's a lot of like looking and talking to the camera kind of stuff. John C. Riley is just. Like Save so by the good. Bell action? Yeah. Time out. Uh, <laughs> not quite like that. But, I didn't know that. That's rare. Yeah. I think of Hulk with Cards maybe is the last show that did that. It doesn't happen quite that often. Yes. Where there's that breaking of the fourth wall, it's they, they pull it off. It's it's mm-hmm. fun, and I think you know, there's ten episodes. It's just it's just over the top in a fun way. Like, yeah. did this really, really probably happen? Like, all this stuff probably happened. Probably not. They, they make Jerry West to look like an absolute maniac. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that. Jerry West was not happy with his portrayal. He sued HBO. I don't think he won, but he sued HBO for it which is just hilarious so what was he at the time just like a former lakers that was a laker player that was around or was he in the front office he was a former laker player he was actually the coach of the lakers and ended up stepping down okay. just before the season for it and jason siegel is is in the show uh really yeah jason siegel he's phenomenal in it we talked about john c ryland adrian brody plays pat riley it's just a just it's a really good yeah it's it's good because where the state of the NBA was in 1980 was so bad. It was like no one was watching. They weren't selling out arenas. And Jerry Buss, well, how this interpretation of it really kind of came in and revolutionary, revolutionized how, you know, what the forum was like where the Lakers played. Mm-hmm. And it was much more entertaining than just a sport. So. Yeah, Showtime Lakers. Showtime Lakers. So anyway, that was my, my one that I got through, and it was, it was awesome. So. All right, you kind of resold me. I think but, I could at least give the first season a shot. Just watch the honestly the opening <laughs> credits and the song is fire. I love it's the good. opening credits of it. It's so it. so good. Nailing the opening credit is is big. You know, if you have an awful yeah. opening credit, it's bad vibe for the show. So I will never hit the skip now button when the opening credits hit for, for for sure. So love it, dude. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. Got to got to add that to the list. Glad um glad you keep pushing me on it. Glad you finished it. I'll let you know what I think next time. Please. All right. So for me, this is something that you have already seen. And I'm a little bit late to the party, but not that late. And it's Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad to have finally watched that. Because I love the first Guardians of the Galaxy. We saw it together. Walked mm-hmm. out of that movie theater. We've probably talked about it before on a podcast. And we're just like, wow, that was awesome. Perfect casting. Didn't know anything about the Guardians of the Galaxy. So to get to this point, get to this resolution, I was, I was happy to watch it. it. Took me only like three or four sittings to actually yeah. get through it, but you know, it's it was. Uh, so I started a few months ago too. I didn't feel this was going to be on the list. I posted about it not that long ago. Going to see Guardians One in the theater with with you was 
probably top five movie theater experience yeah. because of how blown away we were without knowing anything about it. And I think back during COVID or whatever, I, I watched all 23 of the Marvel films yeah. and ranked them. I think Guardians was number two or three um, on my list um, as far as all great. the Marvel movies. So good. And I just like hanging great, out with Special it. effects, yeah. great. And it, it catapulted Chris Pratt into mm. another stratosphere because he was in Parks and Rec and uh, that was kind of like what he was known for and he just became a superstar overnight with this movie quick side tangent on that yeah at the we were in uh, nashville this weekend we were talking about that so i was watching parks and recs on the hotel room tv <laughs> it's that freaking show man i was laughing out loud a million times chris pratt rob lowe i mean the whole thing and those guys are so freaking funny man. if you haven't watched that show please watch it but yeah that was chris pratt he was just a sitcom tv star to then being you know Star Lord and a big time A list actor. This yeah. big transformation. And I remember he got he really got in shape because Andy in Parks and Rec was a little soft. Was. A little soft. You know? But then he comes in this this show, has his shirt off and six packs and all that stuff. So anyways, I don't want to spend too much time on Guardians of the Galaxy One, but it's you know, gotta say that it was an amazing movie at the time. So I've kind of grown fond of these characters. Guardians of the Galaxy Two was just it was okay, it was good. As mm -hmm. our boy Kurt Russell in it, who we absolutely love, but it was not as good as the first. I'd probably put Guardians of the Galaxy 3 above the second one, but the main part of the story, if you've seen these type of movies or if you've liked these types of movies, revolves around Rocket Raccoon's origin story, which was actually found to be like oddly touching for what's a CGI character in Raccoon. Like, dude, I was, I was in for it. I thought they did a nice job with it. I thought they did too. And of course, it's like crazy. You think of Guardians of the Galaxy, you think of Chris Pratt. You think, you know, Zoe Saldana, you think of uh, Dave Batista as Drax, but freaking Bradley Cooper, it's like the voice of Roger Raccoon. Bradley Cooper is one of the biggest movie stars in the world and like does an amazing job. It's, he's so funny. He's the funniest character in the MCU. I can't picture Bradley Cooper doing the rocket lines. I just can't. I mean, I know it's him, but like it's so off the wall the way he talks and the stuff that he says. It was a little bit different in this one. It was toned down. Half the movie, spoiler, he was like incapacitated. Yeah. Yeah. But then obviously came back and had like a, a great ending. But yeah, it's hard to even picture Bradley Cooper as him. So what did you think of the, the story? That I thought the villain, he was pretty compelling about, again, all revolving on Rocket's origin story and how he kind of created him and that sort of stuff. But I thought it was pretty, pretty good. Yeah, his name was the High Evolutionary, and not to get too much into it, but yeah, he created Rocket after doing a bunch of different tests on different animals, combining them, and it was actually kind of sad. You see all these animals in cages and stuff, and if if that's something that's like a, a soft spot for you, you probably wouldn't like to see all that stuff and what gets done to these animals, but some people would actually say that parts of his origin story were a little bit too much for them to watch. Mm -hmm. For me, like, it just was what it was. Like, I, I was fine to watch it, but I, I thought they did a very nice job with it, and I, then I actually thought the back half of the movie was better than the front half, even though there's probably more origin stuff. It's just a little bit slower moving. Always some funny stuff in this show. But that back half, there was a ton of awesome action. In particular, one action shot that I thought was freaking incredible. It was kind of like that quasi one shot. Mm -hmm. It's impossible that it was one shot, but it like kind of like that. It's moving around this room of all of them together fighting. Mm -hmm. Cameras moving. Everybody has their moment. People are kind of coming together and having these great slow motion death scenes and stuff it was pretty freaking amazing when i watched it i was like wow that might be one of the better scenes like that in any of the mc movies that i've seen so far you know that was james gunn's swan song and yeah. the way this movie ends spoiler or whatever yeah. but kind of it comes out there this is the last guardian yep. the character they're kind of all going their own ways 
with this. And I think it's what Batista has said. It's what Chris Pratt has said. And James Gunn has completely left the MCU and is only doing DC stuff now. So, so I think it, it was done. It was a fitting, fitting ending, I thought. So the there's not going to be any more Guardians of the Galaxy movies, but it's not mm -hmm. to say that some of these characters won't show up again. I think Batista's done with Drax, though. I think he said he's moved on from being in the MCU, which that guy was freaking awesome. I, I'd take he's him so in the good. MCU any day. Yeah. Um, but at, at the end, I think the after credit scene was the Chris Pratt scene saying that you haven't seen the last of Star-Lord, so he'll probably be back in something. Yeah. Um, Rocket now is the leader of the new Guardians of the yep. Galaxy, so I'm sure you see him at some point. The one thing that actually didn't hit for me that much was the Zoe Saldana mm -hmm. stuff. You know, it just... I guess it was the, the the story that they chose to do, but I don't want to get into all the weeds about the time stuff, but like it wasn't the real you know, character from the first movie, so. Which I guess is good, and I think we maybe can go on like a little, a little side tangent, hopefully not, not too long, but you weren't going to find two bigger Marvel guys than you would be from yeah. like 2012 to 2020 or whatever it was when Endgame came out. Came. And we, I really haven't, we, neither of us have watched a ton of Marvel stuff since I've missed a lot of them. Yeah. TV shows and Loki just came out and I'm like, I wanna watch it, but I probably won't, you know, and we loved season one. It just got so oversaturated we fell behind. First, you know, first twenty three the you know the Infinity Song saga of Marvel. The stuff with Zoe Saldana, I am the only thing I'm glad about is I'm glad that she did die i get you know stayed dead that character did legitimately die in infinity yeah. war and this is like a workaround to bring her back but um they just couldn't have guardians i guess without what you know yeah so so it is what it is and i on i never know how much of that sort of stuff stays true to comic book storylines in the past or maybe this is just the way that it's always paid out, played out but yep. i didn't love you know the combative nature of their relationship in the movie so it is what it is dude but i, I enjoyed the movie i'm glad i watched it you know, there's other ones that I have not seen since Endgame that I probably will never see, but this is one that I couldn't go without seeing. So glad to have finally watched it. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, me too. Was not do with it, dude. So uh, what do you got next? Next. All right. So this is, we are now into October, you know, my favorite month of the year, spooky season. I have to throw something a little, uh, little scary uh, horror movie kind of on here. And I, when we did our horror movie pod, I put The Shining as number one. And I think we've, we've talked about this a little bit. I can't believe I haven't seen it, but a few years ago, Stephen King wrote a sequel to The Shining called Dr. Sleep, which came yep. out uh, as a movie. And I watched this the other day. It's a sequel. It's a direct sequel to The Shining. Ewan McGregor, right? Ewan McGregor's in it. And your girl, Rebecca Ferguson. Oh, I love absolutely Rebecca Ferguson. I'm definitely going to watch this. Absolutely steals the show as Rose the Hat, who's the main villain of the movie. This is the best thing I've watched this month. I cannot stop watching like videos about like Easter eggs and all that kind of stuff. It was incredible, incredible movie. I loved it. If you like The Shining, you have to watch this movie. So, so we've not talked about this at all. So I'm like oh. freaking completely shocked, but I do know the movie you're talking about. And I like Stephen King stuff in general. What? So how about this? What the yeah. hell happened with this movie to not get bigger hype? You know, did people like this movie? Yeah, absolutely. It has eighty percent, uh, no, like eighty percent Rotten Tomato. People really like this movie. Decent. People that didn't see it. So, just like quick backstory: like Stephen King wrote Doctor Sleep as a sequel to The Shining. Stephen King absolutely hated 
Stanley Kubrick's version of The Shining. Mm-hmm. It's not similar. There's a lot of differences from the movie and the book. He like disowned the movie. He, I think we talked about it. Stephen King actually ended up making up a The Shining made-for-TV movie series with Stephen Weber yeah. back in the in the nineties, which was like a direct adaptation adaptation of, of the book. But this kind of falls Danny, who who's, was the boy in The Shining, grown up as Ewan McGregor, and you know he kind of has put away his shining abilities and starts realizing there are other people in the world that have this ability. And yeah. the main villain, Rose, the hat, I told you she's incredible, Rebecca Ferguson in this movie, she's like a clan, and, and basically they have the ability too, but they go around and essentially kill people that have have the shining ability and take almost their power, and it kind of gives them extra power. Anyway, wow. it's, it's really, it's original, it's really great, and the last like 40 minutes, almost had like to me if i saw this movie in the movie theater i feel like people would be applauding and going crazy like avenging the really? style because there were like so many moments that like called back wow. to the original that i'm like this is so up my alley so wow anyway okay. that's my recommendation I question for you yeah what do you think of the title because i don't love the title of it it doesn't make me want to see it yeah, but is it appropriate weird. after you see it? Or- yeah, and I'm not giving anything away or whatever, but Danny, Ewan McGregor's character, now works at like a hospice place. And he, him, and there's this like cat in there that kind of can sense when it's time to move on. He can he can tell when people are very close to moving on through his shining yeah. abilities. So what he would do is he'd go sit with the people as they're about to, to die and move on and make them feel very comfortable. So he got the nickname Dr. Sleep. That's mm-hmm. how, that's why the movie's called that. Although... It's really not relevant to anything else in the movie. So I do think the title, which was Stephen King's book title, yeah. maybe missed a little bit. But um, yeah, that's, that's why it's called. I mean, not that you just want to do something boring like The Shining too, but I did know that that was a sequel to The Shining. Mm-hmm. But I don't know that I knew it at the time that the movie was coming out because maybe I would make more of a push to go see it. Or I don't know, it just it seems like a weird name for a movie, especially when it's a sequel to The Shining, that they wouldn't do something that connected them better just through the title. Probably would have got more people to see it, but what yeah. do I know? I'm not, I'm not a movie it's, executive, so. It's great, it's on HBO Max. Again, yeah. if you've seen The Shining, you would, you would love this movie, so I recommend that season, so. Okay. Love it, dude. Yes. All right, well, ready for my next thing? The next one for me is The Bear on Hulu. I finally finished it, dude. I very much enjoyed it in the end, but it was not something that was must-see for me. It wasn't like, oh man, we gotta watch another episode of The Bear, an episode ended, it's not like we had to throw another one on. But, like, it was really well done. What do you know about the bear? I know the lead guy. I mean, cool. um, I don't know his real name. He was, in, he was in, in the show. Yeah, he was in Shameless, which we, we loved that show back in the day. And just everybody and their mother has been raving about the bear. But this, this is a good good point real quick that, like, the rehashables, it's things that we've watched and necessarily things that we loved or would, like, shout, yeah. you know, recommend to people mm-hmm. off, top, off top of your head. But people, I mean, I think he's leading all the Emmy nominations for this year. People like that freaking out about this show. So here's the thing about the show. I'm like predisposed to liking science fiction-y type, mystery type shows. You know, like this was a me and Tara show, you know? So like those almost by definition aren't going to be like the things that are must-watch TV for us. It's like something we just kind of throw on when we're hanging out at nighttime. So what I will say, it was like made really well, really well acted great characters. You've heard the idea of everyone being called chef, right? Mm-hmm. So I, mean, I don't know if you heard this. So like basically Carmi, who's the main guy, was a chef at the best restaurant in the world, I guess, you know, and his brother died. 
left him a sandwich shop and he basically took it over and he brought in a lot of like the way he did business and did food. And, you know, in that restaurant before they called everyone chef. So like everyone's calling each other chef all the time. And there's just a lot of drama that ensues, a lot of family stuff. Do you know who's in this TV show too? I posted a picture of him on, on Instagram, but it's Bernthal, the guy from Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. He's his brother. It's not like a surprise, but like he makes a few appearances through flashbacks. He's his brother who died. And I don't want to spoil the end, but as much as I appreciated how well it was made and everything about it that I just mentioned, it wasn't till the finale. It's only eight episodes, so nothing crazy. And they kind of tied some stuff up with him and his brother like that. I was like, that was awesome, you know, and like, and I get why people loved it. And it gives some context to the name of the show, The Bear. Like, I won't spoil it. Like, through most of the show, you're not sure why it's even called that. And mm -hmm. then you are. And then it's mm -hmm. like, wow, looking forward to season two. So I heard season two is even better than the first season. So I'm sure we're going to chip away at that at some point. But for people that like well-made TV, I would definitely add this to the list. And it's only like 30 minutes an episode too. So it's fairly easy watch. I was going to say it's like 30 minute episodes, I think. Yeah, yeah. We, we, I think, watched one and just didn't get hooked. And I don't know why so we know really went I mean. back to it. But so yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah, you know, it's not a hook you type show. Or at least it wasn't for me. So we had to like really push through it based on its reputation alone and the praise that it was getting critically. And I'm glad we did. So it was good. Awesome. Well, good. We'll see. I hope you can watch season two before the Emmys. I think now in January and check that out because it's the, it's the favorite to see if it's going to win for best drama. Um, Get ready stuff. for our Emmy preview pod. Yeah. It's for three months. <laughs> but yes. I but, yeah. I can't wait. Oh, great. I definitely want to check it out. And, and my number three is kind of similar. And so I, I watched with, with Heather, only season two, season three just aired. And this isn't a show that I don't know if I'd recommend, but it's the morning show on Apple Plus. Yeah. So have you watched season one at all? No, I, I've never watched it because I never heard it was that good. And then I listened to some other podcasts that we both listened to and they really liked the first two seasons, I guess, or maybe especially the second season. I heard the third season's a complete disaster. I, but it has a great cast, right? That's the thing, is, is the cast is, is just insane. Obviously, with Jennifer Anderson and Reese Witherspoon kind of leading that column. Billy Crudup, he's, I remember him from Almost, Almost Famous. He was in Big Fish. You know who he was. He won the Emmy for season one for his character. Your boy, uh, Richard Alpert, is, is in it. Uh, it's a great cast. It's so well done. Some of the decisions, though, are so dumb and out of left field. But the one thing I liked about it in season one and season two, they really bring it home, was you, you and me, not so much any, anymore, but love the Today Show. Like growing up, the Today Show was on every single morning, 7 a.m., Matt Lauer, you know, Katie Couric, and Meredith, and then Savannah, and all that kind of stuff. Like Love Lauer. Great guy. Great, great, great guy. Sarcastically saying that. But no, we used to watch like Where in the World was Matt Lauer. I don't know if you remember that. Like the, the Today Show was awesome. Like we used to legitimately love the Today Show. And this is about essentially it's about that story. It's about a guy. And it's about you know, Matt Lauer who got canceled uh, during the Me Too movement, who was, you know, sexually harassing and then did a lot of sexual misconduct stuff at the place. And the guy that basically plays Matt Lauer is Steve Carell in this mm -hmm. show, which is interesting because he's probably one of the most likable guys. <laughs> Once he's on screen, yeah. you can't help but like love him. But he's done some pretty shitty stuff. But it's a very complicated story, and that part is, is interesting. Uh, I like hanging out with the characters. We're going to watch season three, even though I heard mm -hmm. it is a complete uh, disaster. I don't know if it's going to be back for a season four, but it's a fun show. They put a shit ton of money into it, you know. And I that's what I watch. You know, I, I probably would give it a 
B minus C plus on your rating. That's fair. So, you know, fair. you're forever the optimist. So I, you know, when you criticize something, I don't want to say criticize in a bad way. Like yeah. I appreciate that you're being honest about it. So it's um, good. It's 10 episodes. It should be like six or eight, eight max. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which one of those shows, but you know what? Jennifer Aniston is, she's obviously great to see her because she hasn't been in really much in a long time. And mm-hmm. Juliana Margulies, remember, remember Juliana Margulies from ER? ER? No? Anyway, mm-hmm. she's in this season. And I just remember her and Jennifer Aniston in the 90s. We had friends on Thursday and ER was at 10. And those two were just such big stars back then. So. For me, when Apple TV announced that they were doing Apple TV Plus, this was like the main show. Like I, I thought that this would be like their their most popular show or the the thing that's most recognizable with the service and maybe for a lot of people that it is but it seems like its quality level hasn't been above another like four or five or six of their shows that are kind of outshine you know like i go to apple tv plus a lot and you know i'm often talking about a show from that service but when i go there you show it shows like the top five shows being watched i think morning show might be up there now just because of the news but like it's number, it's number one. one, but like for a while, like I would never see it up there. It was always Ted Lasso or Severance mm-hmm. or Silo or, you know, Invasion or one of these other shows. Man, they have so many good shows. So just add this one to the list. But I don't know that it's panned out quite the way maybe they thought it would. Yeah, it's, it costs so much money to make. I, mean, I can't mm-hmm. imagine what Reese Witherspoon and Jennifer Aniston are making. Yeah. But um, the interesting part is it, it follows like real time stuff. Like the first episode of season two, one of their reporters goes to Wuhan for the start of COVID and the end of it, COVID is like all that. It's interesting to. Look back at that kind of hmm. stuff, even though it's not that far removed. It's all like real news. Like Trump is president. It's all like real. Oh, okay. Real. So it's not stuff. like alternative universe stuff. It's, it's like it's like real world stuff, which is interesting. That is interesting. That actually makes me want to watch it more in yeah. a weird way. It was cool. Yeah. The COVID stuff was it was fascinating. Yeah. So so that's that's my number three. Love it, dude. All right, three for me is Creed three, and. I really liked it, man. I really like Creed. I like Ro- I like Rocky movies, like boxing movies. I think they did a great job transitioning this whole like world from a Rocky world to a Creed world. Uh, I really think they did an awesome job when they casted Michael B. Jordan as Adonis Creed in the first one. And honestly, this actually reminds it has some parallels to Guardians of the Galaxy. I would say because the first Creed was freaking awesome, dude. It was Incredible. like so well done, great story. The second Creed, have you seen the second one? We, we didn't see, I saw it with mom actually. Moved it. it wasn't great. Cause like, I'm a big Rocky four guy, big Drago guy. I was very excited to see Drago back, his son. It was, it was fine, but it was definitely not as good as the first one. And I yep. think the third one is a lot better than that second one. Just Adonis Creed is a great character, man. And this is a great story. Give some like context to Adonis's life before he became a Creed and some people in his life and Great boxing stuff. Your boy Jonathan Majors is in it. <laughs> My uh, boy. I'm talking <laughs> about a guy. Jeez. That's man Marvel is, you know, anyway, he was cast as, as Pam, the big villain in Marvel. He got canceled not long ago. I, don't think, I, I think he's funny. hanging on by a thread. Only a I don't very, know. very thin thread. A very yeah, yeah, thin it's definitely thread. not a, a thread. I don't know if he's going to be able to bounce back from that, but he's ripped in this. I mean, just remember from the trail. He's. No, but all. I know Jordan's no, no joke either. But yeah, I'm glad no, those guys talking. are in good shape, dude. Those guys are like not real human beings. And Jonathan Majors <laughs> is freaking insanely jacked. So it's a fun story. Like again, I really like the characters. The plot is a little bit far fetched, and if you ever watch it, you would know like the the circumstances around those two fighting are a little bit of a stretch. But they did a really nice job. Music's good. 
it's funny to see the boxing, how far it's come, at least in the way that it's shot versus the Rocky movies. Like, dude, if they did, I mean, even this is a little bit of a stretch, but like if boxers really boxed like they did in like Rock Mountain and Floor, like those guys would all be dead like five minutes into the match. You know what I mean? Like the punches are so insane. I mean, you get one guy, a clean shot to the head, that guy's down and the fight's over. And they take like 150 in, in one fight. Rocky's, Rocky gets Literally Drago hit like, I think 75 punches to the head. Like a minute. And Rocky's His like a speed bag. Yeah, yeah. The, the ref is licensed to be taken away because there's no way in hell anyone can be taken away. Yeah, Michael B. Jordan directed this one. This was his directed this movie, right? And I think he co-wrote it with Ryan Coogler. I think like Coogler was involved in in some aspect of it, but not in the directing capacity like he was in the very first one. But but yeah, like the boxing's good, and it's not only is it like slightly more realistic than the other Rocky movies, but it's just shot better. The cinematography has come such a long ways, and I think it's just a great movie to watch. And it's not long either. I think it's on Amazon Prime is where I watched it as part of my membership. So watch it was awesome if you like boxing movies if you like rocky movies creed movies that whole world then dude definitely definitely check it out easy watch you gotta ask the question because i think one of my favorite parts of all the rocky movies is which many how the training montage in this one how the training montage in this one they do dude it's i mean it's good but it's not yeah. as good as freaking like, rocky, rocky running up that mountain in rocky four like there's there will never be a better training montage when you have you know the guy that's out in nature chopping down trees, running to the top of mountains versus the guy that has these hardcore machines and getting steroid injections like in the middle of a set of working out the music and like that. Nothing will beat that. So it's good. You know, it's good, but like nothing like Rocky Four. We'll have to have a dedicated Rocky Four podcast when we, when we do when we do the uh, vegetables or something like that. But it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, that's Apex. That's the Apex for sure. I, I got to watch. Yeah. yeah we'll I think I posted a question on my stories on Instagram. Who the best boxer is out of all these people? And you haven't seen these last couple, or at least this last movie. But like, does Adonis beat Rocky? Does I mean, is Drago the best boxer? Did Rocky get lucky? Is Apollo Rocky, the best? Like, Rocky's not in this one, right? It's no, I'm just talking about no, no, he's yeah. not in it. No, I did hear something yeah. about another one coming, and then maybe he comes back for it. I and Rocky should be in these movies. He really should. But for Academy Award, the first uh, first movie. Yeah. Supporting actor, how are you gonna win? You, you know, but, yeah. yeah, the best. I mean, Mr. T was like a legit, you know, really good lover athlete too. Um, yeah. Anyway, that's awesome, man. I'm glad. They, I, I think Drago was like Rocky got lucky to go get past Drago. It's just heart, man. Was, literally, all of Moscow started rooting for Rocky. Come around 13, 14, uh, which is just I can't blame them. Literally, all the Russians <laughs> are cheering for the Americans. Uh, Mikhail Gorbachev got up and clapped, and then it was over. <laughs> Mikhail Gorbachev, I think that looked like that really looked like him. Remember, it Wait. was like it was real. Like, it might have been. Wait. It might have been the real. That Gorbachev. wasn't Mikhail Gorbachev. It might have been. <laughs> was that happened? Then, like, oh yeah, it was. Sarah kind of dismantled not long after Rocky Four, and I'm pretty sure that was the reason why. So, oh, yeah, that's so too funny. Too on funny. Christmas you check Day, it out, on Christmas Day, that fight was too in Moscow. So, had no to money. do it. No money. No money for this fight. Absolutely <laughs> insane. I'll do that. All right, what do you got next? Uh, this one is, this is a critically acclaimed movie. I wanted to watch, I told you I kind of wanted to watch one critically acclaimed movie. You're going to be like, what the hell? Like, why this movie? You know, 2007, it's Paul Thomas Anderson's There Will Be Blood. I don't know if you know anything about this movie. It kind of came out the same time as No Country for Old Men, and these two were so 
Is it Daniel Day Lewis? Who's Daniel Day Lewis? Daniel Day yeah. Lewis is in it. Is he one? Of, this guy was like started the Daniel Day Lewis like renaissance of like he did mm-hmm. this thing, he did Lincoln. He's kind of like, oh, that's the best actor, yeah, you know, of, of all time, whatever. And he he won the Academy Award for this movie, and it's, it's a little over two hours long, ninety something percent rating on Tomatoes. It's a critically acclaimed movie. People like absolutely love. Yeah, go ahead. Question: What made you pick this movie? Just I, because you're browsing one day or someone it was brought on up my list. So this summer I watched for the first time, and I can do a whole pod on this, but Boogie Nights, which yeah. was, I thought, blown away by Boogie Nights. And Boogie Nights is Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson's first movie ever made. And like, it was such an incredible movie. So it was more for the director, and I kind of want to go through his filmography that he's done. And this was like the next like highest rated one. So I just, yeah. I had to watch it. And it won Best Cinematography. It was nominated for every single award. It only won two for Best Cinematography and Best Actor. But Paul Tom, I mean, Daniel Day-Lewis plays an oil salesman in uh, an early yeah. turn of the century, 1900s. And he's kind of a snake, snake guy that's really not very ethical. But Paul Dano is also in it. And he you know, played the Riddler in the most recent Batman movie. He's in he's However, in I watched that, sorry. It's it's a it's a yeah that that's a whole other thing but I don't want to spend too much time on it. I absolutely loved it. Anyone that has seen this movie will be like, yeah, that movie is incredible. But I don't know if people will be listening to this being like, I don't really want to see it. I thought it was great, and you know, part of my list of movies I'm going through. So so this I always well I always I will always look forward to and have looked forward to so far your old movie that you bring back for <laughs> each of our discussions. So I was wondering it would be what it would be, and I'm not well, necessarily surprised. So. I have one more after this, which is yeah, even more old than this. Anyway, Holy cow. There, there will be blood. What's your, what's your fourth? Fourth one. This is my one most current one. So I saved it for the end, but it's Ahsoka, Disney Plus. So I, what I did you think? It. I liked it. I liked it a lot. I, I, it's, it's either one or two for me in the Disney Star Wars type movies. So Ahsoka is a Star Wars universe show. And if you've seen The Mandalorian, you've seen this character in there. She has like the long, I don't know what you want to call that stuff. It's, I don't know, it's not hair. It's like some weird things on the side of her head. And she's a Jedi. Halloween costume this year? I don't know what that is. So anyways, she has a very noticeable, like memorable look. And yeah, I think she was in a couple one-off episodes in the second season of The Mandalorian. And she has like a, a big lore to her. And she's been in like a lot of the animated shows, which I've never seen before. So she's like a known entity. But I think when they showed her on The Mandalorian, I thought like those were some of the best Mandalorian episodes. Oops. I was like, wow, can't wait to dig into her more. Her show came out, came out two months ago. And then they just had the season finale last week. And it was great, dude. Like I, I really recommend it. I think it kind of speaks to that Martin. Marvel and Star Wars fatigue that I think we experienced that it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a show that I ran out and watched on day one. I waited for it to get a month in so I could kind of catch up to it. By the time we got to the finale, I was anxious to see what happened. There is some characters in this season that have never been shown on screen before and some stuff that I never even knew about Star Wars before that I thought was very well done. And the way they ended this first season, if there even is going to be a second season, was very interesting to me. You know, for people that are very into like Star Wars lore, like there was some stuff that has just never been talked about on a on a you know actual screen. And there's a million different ways they could go now moving forward. But what's the timeline? When does that take place? This is I think this is like between the like it's it's before the the newest sequel before trilogy. Newest trilogy. So yeah. after like uh, Return of the yeah. Jedi before Force Force Awakens. Yeah. 
that's no. right between the two no. trilogies. No, I think it's before. Jesus Christ, not now. Oh, now that... oh no, you're right. No, it's probably between Revenge of the Sith the... and A New Hope. Yeah, it's 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 okay. between those two sets of trilogies. So yes. okay. yeah, um, but yeah, dude, it was it was you know easy watch. They're not they're not so long. They're like forty five minutes. I'd love to say there's like a bunch of other characters you'd recognize, but it's more like have you ever heard of Rebels or or Clone Wars, the animated show? Of yeah, course. so like there's characters in this show that have been represented in those cartoons and now they're all in here. So like anyone that's loved those and people that have watched it that I've talked to all do love them. So being able to see this, like it's almost like Ahsoka is an extension of those cartoons more than just a show really based on on her. And some of the dude, like some of the lightsaber stuff man like it just keeps getting better and better the way they film stuff it's almost kind of laughable to think of luke skywalker and darth vader's initial yeah. lightsaber <laughs> fights <laughs> so you, 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 it's all tennis balls. And, and now it's <laughs> and now it's just like when you see it it's like man freaking incredible so uh, yeah it's it's insane what is dave filoni is that the guy is the guy dave filoni is the guy that is kind of <laughs> running the star wars universe lately this is his show. He directed it. He has, I, there's going to be an Ahsoka movie coming out in 2027, I believe. So now the question is whether there's a second season of this TV show before the movie or the next time we see these people are in 2027, which is freaking insane to say. I mean, it's four years away from, from now. I hope that there's another season because like the way they ended it, I mean, it, they can't wait till, till uh, another, uh, you know, another movie four years from now. Yeah. Well, he's, he, seems, he seems to have a roadmap. You know what I mean? And it's almost like where Marvel's kind of deviated and fight you did before. I feel like Star Wars with and with Mandalorian and or and this. I feel like those those the quality of those three have been better than anything like Marvel's put out. You know what I mean? So no doubt. Um, Which is interesting, interesting because the Star Wars universe does have to see to, it seems to have a less consistent plan. You know mm-hmm. what they did with that sequel trilogy was freaking complete garbage you know so like and they always have someone different directing these shows so like you know where feige is like the guy i'm surprised that marvel has kind of gone the direction it has or the quality has dropped as much knowing that what the what the quality has been and that it's the same guy still in charge like you would think it'd kind of be the other way around but quality seems to be a little bit better lately with some of the star wars shows I, I, it's on my, my list of things. I definitely ho- hoping to check that out next month or at least start it because I know you loved it. I've heard nothing but awesome things about it. So yeah. glad. Good for Rosario Dawson. Lead role for totally. her. She's been around forever. And yeah, I, mean, I can't wait to check it out. So it depends on how much like Star Wars, Star Warsy you're feeling. I would definitely add that to your next watch mm-hmm. list. But like, honestly, I'd watch Silo before that if I had to like pick all things. Yeah, well, with Rebecca Ferguson now. Uh, I am with Dune 2 coming out. Uh, Silo is 100% going to be yeah. happening this month. So I may just talk about that. So, so yeah, that is it as far as I watched. I know you have one more, so hit me. I just have one more. This is my old one. I don't know if you've seen this movie or not. So this is just an old, old movie, 1983. And I'm currently reading Rob Lowe's book. Very fascinating. The man. Um, and he's an interesting, interesting guy. Obviously, you know, kind of not childhood star, but teenage star, teenage, teenage heartthrob. But his first movie and the stories from the set of this movie were so interesting. It was The Outsiders in yeah. 1983. Have you ever seen The Outsiders? Nope. But no. Kiefer's in that, right? No, Kiefer's not in it. No. Who's in this? That's, that's, so we've got Matt Dillon, Ralph yeah. Macchio, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Emilio Estevez, Tom yeah, Cruise, Diane Lane. It's like 
those six guys, Dylan, Machio, Swayze, yeah. Rob Lowe, and Tom Cruise, this is all like pretty much their first movie. And they're yeah. all you know, 16, 17, 18 years old. And just the, the filming of this movie was made by Francis Ford Coppola, who did The Godfather, which is, yep. I mean, again, you know, one of the best directors ever, which I had no idea. But it's a very good movie. It's an hour and a half long. Nothing, again, I wouldn't like write home about it. But it was just interesting to see these young stars. And everyone, what, from what Rob Lowe said, and we've heard this from other podcasts, but who would you think of that group based on Alpha? On set, the real, who would you on say set? is kind of, on set, kind of the Alpha? Honestly, dude, you're obviously going to surprise me. So, like, I don't think it was Rob Lowe. I can't imagine it was Tom Cruise. So, is it Matt Dillon? Matt Dillon, dude. That, yeah. Everyone is saying how much of a the man that guy was. He mm-hmm. was just absolute animal so charismatic getting the job done with the stuff he does but interesting to see these guys as i mean seeing tom cruise like a 16 year old kid and the energy he brings in this movie was just wild so the outsiders 1983 i, I think it was interesting to check out, so who's the number one out of those people is tom cruise the oldest because I, I would think of him as being or i mean they all must be within a couple years of each other and if tom I, cruise was 16 back then is he not the oldest I think Rob Lowe was 17. Tom Cruise right now is... How old is Tom Cruise right now? 60-something? Yeah, 60, he's born in 62. So he's he's 61 years old right now. So in mm-hmm. 1983, he was 19. So, you know, okay. he, he was a little bit older. I think Macho was a little bit younger. Um, you know, but it's interesting to see, to see those guys. And Rob Lowe is an interesting guy. Swayze was the man, too. So... Yeah. Yeah, too, too bad. He probably, you know, would have, would have been interesting to see what his career oh, evolved into over time. Rob yeah. Lowe had a podcast for a period of time. I don't know if you ever listened to it at the time. He did, literally. He came on Simmons, I think, a few times. And I think that that's why I really started liking Rob Lowe. Plus, he was in Parks and Rec and had just, yeah. like, such an amazing character in Parks and Rec. Just one of the one of the funniest characters I've ever seen. And then he had his podcast. So he would talk a little bit about those stories. And, man, what a life that guy's lived. It's like a true uh, Hollywood yeah. star. True, exactly. Very interesting Hollywood story. So the book got me. That was the most the older movie that I watched. This, this mm-hmm. so love it, dude. So before I let you go, those are all solid choices. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, we haven't really even talked about them throughout the course of the, the month. So I'm glad we got a chance to do it now. What's the one thing that you're looking forward to watching between now and next next time we record something? One, one. I have a, one. I have three. I have three things. All right, give me all three. Real, real I know quick, what one of them is going to be, but I want to hear you say it. One, one is is probably uh, Gener- Generation V. It's the yeah. boys spinoff. Which on Amazon um, on Prime, The Boys is one of my, if not That's my favorite show on TV. Incredible show, and this is a spinoff of that. Everything I've read is this is the same player in a different uniform. Ten out of tens. If you love The Boys, you're gonna love this show. So this yeah, is. Yeah, I heard it was like better reviewed than The Boys. I thought The Boys is as good of a freaking TV show as I've watched in a long time. So I don't know. I mean, time will tell what's better, but like very promising first few episodes. I don't know that it's going to be done by the time we record next. So we might have to save it for the one after that. Cause I typically try to catch yes, things when they're, yep. when they're completed, but dude, hundred percent. That's probably the next thing I start watching. So that's that the other one is it's like a horror. It's a Mike Flanagan. He's actually the guy that directed Dr. Sleep. He's the, he's a big horror movie director. He did like the the haunting of Hill house. I don't know if you mm-hmm. remember that Netflix like too. Yeah. There's a new one coming out by him called The Fall of the House of Usher or whatever that's coming out uh, on the 12th. And I, everything I've read is like 100% ratings on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? I've like heard of this. I, I thought it was already out, so it's not no, even out yet. On, okay. 
on Thursday. It's getting incredible reviews for that. So that's number two on my list that I'm hoping to, to get done before uh, Halloween. So I gotta start watching. I gotta start watching horror stuff. I love yeah. this time of year to watch some spooky stuff. Yeah. So that's number two. Do you have anything else that you mentioned? I have one more. Nope, nothing. I'm trying to think now. Nothing. If I think of it between now and when you finish up, I'll, I'll throw it in there. But like Gen V was definitely the, the main one for me. The other one, I don't know if it's coming out this month or not. The the Godzilla show with Kurt Russell and his son. Have you not seen the this Godzilla? The Godzilla. Like, no. Is this an extension of the new like updated Godzilla universe, or and, is it something? I'm pretty sure it's in that universe. Coming out, it's coming on Apple. Um, I'm 95 percent sure. I'm gonna Google it, Google it while we're while we're doing it. But it's with Kurt Russell and his son Wyatt Russell, and they're playing the same character, what 40 years apart or whatever. So they're the same person, obviously. So it's gonna be where is it coming out? Find it real quick. Legacy of Monsters, or or so. But it's coming out um later this month on Apple Plus. Man, and the quality of it, I really enjoyed the the two Godzilla uh, movies that have kind of come from from the new. Oh, like, do I this? That's so funny, dude. Oh, is Wyatt Russell in freaking Captain, Captain America? America? Yeah, 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 yes, yeah, 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 interesting. Yeah. Kurt Russell's so, a freaking man. That guy's so cool. He's incredible. So we're big Kurt Russell fans, obviously, and stuff. It looks amazing. So I, I think it's going to be coming out later this month or November. So that's like on my, my radar. Um, so I love the Godzilla stuff. So Love it. Thanks for putting it on my radar. I'd never even heard of it. So that's cool that it's it's always nice when you hear about a show and then it's like, oh, yeah, that'll be out like next next week or next couple couple weeks. So yep. I'm glad I'll yep. be able to check that out. We'll talk about it at some point, I'm sure. For sure. So that's 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 it. So I could go on, but um, I'll leave it at those three. Love it, dude. So listen, good one. Liked, enjoyed rehashing those things with you. I think life might start getting a little bit easier for me to watch some more stuff. So next time, next time I'll hopefully have five things to watch, but I'm starting to start chipping away at Gen Z or Gen V, my bad. Gen V, Gen V. Can't wait for that. Gen yeah. We'll, we'll, so. we'll definitely be talking about that. So. Big fan. I'm big fan. You say something. Big boy. Yeah. Just really, really into it. So yeah. Yeah. Good so. old Gen Z. Uh, <laughs> so. All right, buddy. I'll All talk right. to you, pal. See ya. All right. See ya.